Welcome to the Dynamic Duo Podcast, recording from Naperville, Illinois. As developmental optometrists, we feature like-minded professionals as guests in an effort to promote awareness and collaboration. Now, here are your hosts, Drs. Lindsay Stoll and Ryan Edwards. So I'd like to welcome Dr. Kathy Stern to the show. She has got an awesome topic that we're going to talk about and one that Lindsay and I often deal with, uh, patching. And this is this discussion and kind of things we're going to cover are based off a recent blog that she had posted on NORA, uh, which is Neuro-Optometric Rehabilitation Association, uh, which is a governing body with multi-professional, multi-discipline um, people who work with patients with brain injury. But she put this blog up, and Lindsay and I happened to come across it. And we appreciate a lot of things that she said and a lot of her positions on things. And we really wanted to bring awareness to that and some of her stances and just help understand why patching is not always the best method. Ultimately, we have two eyes, and we want to get those two eyes to work together. And patching eliminates that. And we're going to get into some of the specifics uh, before we get too too far in. Um Dr. Kathy is from Canton, Massachusetts, not Canton, Ohio. Uh, she's a fellow of the College of Optometrists and Vision Development. Uh, she's a fellow in the College of Satanic Optometry. She's a fellow of uh, NORA, Neurooptometric Rehabilitation, uh, Rehabilitation. And she is the director of the College of Optometrists and Vision Development in her state. Uh, she's a vice president of uh, Satanics in Massachusetts. Uh, so she has been a few places. She's done a few things. She's she's studied. She's kind of seen a thing or two. Uh, so we're extremely excited to have her on and um, just discuss her, her viewpoint and um, hopefully learn a lot of stuff. So thanks. Without further ado, thanks for coming on, Kathy. Thank you for having me. Um, just to start with, so in your article, um, certainly as optometrists, we have patients that come in that said they've been prescribed patching um, for different reasons. What would be some of the, maybe some of the general conditions that somebody might have been prescribed patching? I would say the two things we see most often are children who have a condition called amblyopia, often called lazy eye where their eyesight is poor in one eye, and so they try to patch the stronger eye to get the weaker eye to be used more and to do more detailed work. The other place we really see it a lot more now than we used to in the past is patients who often have concussion or brain injury or stroke or perhaps some type of accident or surgery where afterward they see two of things. And in order to what they call eliminate the double vision, and it doesn't really eliminate the double vision, it eliminates the seeing of the two images, is placing a patch over one eye. And who, what kind of professionals might be prescribing patching? Generally, if you're seeing double, you will likely be seen either by an ophthalmologist or optometrist, mm -hmm. or if you're in a rehab setting, uh, sometimes someone like an occupational therapist or physical therapist will tell you that because you mentioned that you're seeing double, or certainly if you've been to one of the types of eye doctors and they find that, and it is something that is interfering for you, 
then they will often recommend patching one eye so you don't see double. I do see often that if someone has a stroke or brain injury and they end up in a hospital setting or a rehab setting, that it may be someone other than an eye doctor who will suggest to them that they patch because they mention that they're seeing two of things. Okay. And so in your article, you mentioned um, certainly if somebody has amblyopia or those who have double vision, um, that there's some actually kind of flaws associated with that patching. So can you explain a little bit about some of the um, negative effects that patching could have? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the first thing I do when I'm speaking uh, to any professionals reha- in rehab, I always say if you have patches around, you should bring them uh, all to one room and we should put them in a, in a pile and we should do something to eliminate them. <laughs> yep. and usually Agreed. I very nicely say we should light them on fire. <laughs> um, but the reason is that if you take a patch and you fully cover one eye, you do a number of things. One, you're eliminating all the peripheral information on that side. So you're going to be bumping into things more. You're going to have difficulty noticing if something is coming towards you. It's a big safety factor. Aside from that, you're not teaching the brain to keep the two eyes working together or to get them working together if they're not doing that very well. Uh, And that would be true in, in the case of amblyopia or lazy eye. And there are absolutely other ways to deal with the double vision uh, other than a full dark patch. The other is if you send a child to school like that, they are picked on, they are bullied. There's a lot of emotional trauma to wearing a patch, especially for a child. Absolutely, and then they don't do it, so it's, I mean, there's... Right, and then they take it off or they try to see around it or... Exactly. Yeah, unfortunately, that's really... I think it's cruel to have a child do that, especially if the vision is very poor in the lazy eye, and then to have yeah, them do I mean, schoolwork or perform. Yeah, I've stories where they have, for children that try to take it off, they have literally sewn it to their skin. There are times when they've put some type of device on their arm so they can't bend their arm and get to the patch to pull it off. I mean, it's... Some extreme measures. It is. I would certainly want to see my child go through. Oh, my goodness. And I appreciate you bringing up those two articles. Well, actually, they're articles I've got. I'm going to put them in our show notes because that what you just described are two real things that happened. One of them was the compliance rate on if you put an arm in a stint or a stent high so you can't reach up and pull the patch off. And then the other one you referenced was the... So they put sutures on an eye patch over the eye so they can't be removed. And, you know, it's, 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 it's unfortunate. Traumatic. Yes, it's unfortunate. It feels like cruel and unusual punishment. Too. Absolutely. Yeah, it sure does. And so uh, there are many other ways to achieve the same result in a way that cosmetically is more acceptable and functionally is so much better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. And I guess the to me the approach when you see double vision or you know an amblyopic guy and the vision is not as strong as the other one, it almost seems like an archaic approach to say, okay, let's patch the other one, try to strengthen when there really is no strength involved. It's not as if it was weak, but you know that's the approach, and usually that's 
that's what happens. But could you touch on, you know, what would be a nice alternative? Let's take the example yeah, first I mean, I think of that, double you vision. Know, we're always suggesting that that there should be research into these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing to me that the National Eye Institute, which is a very respected division of the National Institutes of Health, funded a study, and the results of that study were published in a journal called the Archives of Ophthalmology in 2003. Think about how many years ago that is. Mm -hmm. And it said that the patching of the stronger eye for two hours a day worked just as well as if you patched for six hours a day. And in fact, at that time, uh, Dr. Paul Sieving, who's a physician and a PhD, who's the director of the National Eye Institute, he said that he hoped that those results would really change the way that doctors were treating amblyopia and really make a difference in compliance because you only have to do it two hours a day. It's more likely a child would keep a patch on or you could have them do some activities during that time to kind of distract them a little bit from it and also to help them use the eye that's open better and that their quality of life would be much better. And I don't see that that has happened to the extent that I had hoped it would, because to send a child with what is essentially a learning disabled eye to school makes it next to impossible for them to do their work appropriately. If they can't see well and they can't process information well through that eye, how are they supposed to function in school all day or even for an adult that might be going through that treatment? How are they supposed to work all day long like that? Man, so true on so many levels. And then furthermore, that doesn't promote binocular vision. And when you have a patch on, there's no way to develop depth reception. And the way I think of depth reception is that is the glue that holds everything together. So hypothetically, if you would patch an eye, if you could get through that, get the acuity or the sight better in that eye, and then you stop patching, unless you have taken steps to integrate the two eyes together to develop depth perception, the chances of the amblyopic eye regressing is greater because your brain still hasn't learned or taken the leap to integrate both eyes. That's true, and something that they never tell parents is that we've seen cases where the patch is on, especially in a very young child for such a period of time <clears throat> that now when you take the patch off, they can't see well out of the eye they could see well out of before. Oh, my goodness. And that's really a problem. It doesn't <laughs> happen quite as much in children who are older, but it does happen often enough in young children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not good. Well, one alternative we want to talk about, well, I guess we'll take with the, the amblyopia example. You had mentioned uh, special occlusion foils or graded occlusion foils. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you be able to to speak on that a little bit about what, what that is and what that process is? Yeah, I think that um, just before we talk about the actual foils, you should know that they've done some research on what happens if we try to treat amblyopia by having someone still use their two eyes together. And in 2016, there was a really interesting study using a, a particular type of of the game Tetris on an iPad Mm -hmm. and they compared doing this binocular treatment where by playing the game with special colored lenses, one eye could see more of the detail, but the other eye could still see the background and gradually they 
changed the amount of darkness to the stronger eye and lightness to the, the amblyopic eye until things were more matched as they could see better and better uh, with the amblyopic eye. And what they found was that even the eyesight during the time of the treatment, where, what they found was that the person gained an average of one and a half lines of visual acuity on a typical letter chart testing, and that that compared with less than three quarters of a line in anyone who was patched. That is awesome. So it's impressive. Yes. So that was quite an argument quite for a study. And yeah. Very similar to some things that we had been doing in what, what's called optometric vision therapy for a long time, but it was really nice to see this study and to show that it was almost, uh, you know, basically twice as much of a gain even in eyesight by so, doing it with both eyes together. Yeah, and so the not. way we promote that in the beginning stages of treating someone with amblyopia and not using a patch is using something called Bangerter foils. They are translucent patches. And when you think of the word translucent, think of like a piece of wax paper, except that we can start with something that's as dense as a piece of wax paper, and then you can keep making that uh, sort of frosty look less and less and less till maybe it just looks like a mildly dirty window. And you put that in front of the stronger eye, just to the point where the stronger eye sees a little bit less than the less strong eye. And you just keep titrating that or changing that to the point where the amblyopic eye always sees just a little bit better until they get more equal. And it works great. Kids don't mind wearing it. You, you might see it a little bit when you use the heavy, very milky look, but as you are able to reduce that, you, unless you're very close to the person, it's a little bit like looking through a one-way mirror. They, you don't notice it on them, but they can't see out of it sure, yeah. as well. Cosmetically, and, it's certainly uh, more appealing for sure well, than a patch. <laughs> Absolutely. Much more appealing. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I find when I do that with kids, they don't look around the glasses. They don't try to take it off. They don't mind it, and um, and that was one way of, of doing it. Another is uh, there are eye drops called atropine, which have been used for uh, years uh, in the past to dilate someone's eyes. Like if you were going to examine their eyes and they needed to be dilated, we don't use it as much anymore because the effect of it tends to last a little bit too long. But it can be placed into the stronger eye, at a level where it allows the amblyopic eye to see a little bit more clearly, especially for things up close, which is where a lot of us spend a lot of our day. You know, we're reading, we're writing, we're on our phones, we're on tablets, we're on computers, and even at distance it'll be a little bit better uh, in the amblyopic eye. And by using that, again, you look at the person, and unless you're very observant, you won't really notice that one pupil's a little bigger than the other. And the person can uh, can go around like that, and as the drops wear off, you just put more drops in, and again, you're allowing them to stay using both eyes together with just a little more emphasis for detail in the amblyopic eye. So in general, not only is it uh, more comfortable to be able to have this treatment, but it's also more appealing and more 
effective, which that's the whole reason why we're talking about this topic on our show is to help people be more aware that there's many better alternatives to patching than the struggle that they're going through right now. And on top of that, the methods that we're talking about now are much more effective. Probably, I mean, not only because you're working on the, the eyes together and compliance rates are higher because it's uh, it's not as interfering with their daily life. Right. I think it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. I think we've been able to show that the results of doing binocular treatment versus fully patching one eye are better. Cosmetically, it's better. That means you're going to get patients to more likely stick with the treatment. And so overall, they end up in a better place, and the results are even better than they would have been. Would you say, I mean, we certainly have mentioned alternatives um, that are more effective, but would you, um, is there anyone who patching is kind of a um, a good solution or something that we would recommend? Well, I think that if you were thinking about patching or if you found you use these other alternatives and you weren't getting quite the result and you thought, well, maybe I should try patching, then I certainly would look to doing it only for two hours a day. And if you're doing it for those few hours a day, that means you can do it when a child is not in school. You can do it when someone isn't in a a workplace or a situation where they may be less safe. Mm -hmm. And what should happen is while they're patched, they should be doing a lot of eye-hand coordination types of activities to really promote them being able to have the kind of skill with the amblyopic eye that they have with their stronger eye. Mm-hmm. There has to be so a visual incentive. it's not incentive. just about seeing. It's, mm-hmm. you know, how does it kind of guide your hand, guide what you do, direct your action. And you have a reason then to use that eye aside from maybe just wearing it around the house or staring out the window or just, you or know, watching TV staring or, at a yeah, TV. something passive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And, it, and I do think doing those activities not only promotes you to be able ultimately perhaps to see better with that eye and use it in a more effective way, but it kind of takes your mind off the fact that you have to be wearing this patch. Mm-hmm. So true. So yeah. it's, again, it's a win-win. So as we're talking about this, and and if somebody's listening out there and they think, man, I've been patching for however many years, it's not been fun, or I'm trying to get my child to patch and it's a struggle, and somebody's listening to this and they want to know where they could go to get some professional guidance in order to maybe have somebody that would direct them on the methods that we had talked about, where would be... You know, so t- if you are seeing double or you do have amblyopia, what you should be looking for is someone who's called a behavioral or a neurooptometrist. And the two places where it's easy to find someone who is available to help you is, one, the website of the College of Optometrists in Vision Development, and that is covd.org or the Neurooptometric Vision Association, um, which is Nora, N-O-R-A, visionrehab.org. So it's noravisionrehab.org. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. And that's the same site that we found uh, your blog article and then got this topic rolling. So, yeah, in general. Both, both of those sites do have uh a place where you can put in your zip code, you can often put in how many miles it is, you know, that you would be willing to travel, and you can certainly look for someone who's available. 
And I think that's important too. Like you were mentioning, even with the foils, there's a certain, you don't just kind of randomly, if you will, select something to occlude an eye. There's a very specific kind of treatment protocol and you need somebody who's going to be able to take measurements and make sure things are improving. Um, so it's important to find somebody that is really specialized in that area of treatment. Right. All of these things need careful guidance. Mm -hmm. So if I have a child with amblyopia, if I'm prescribing a foil, they need to come back every few weeks and, and we have to see how they're doing. We have to change the treatment as it's appropriate. If someone is seeing double because of a stroke or accident or injury or even concussion, then sometimes some of those things begin to get a little bit better just as their brain is healing. But also, we want to make sure that we're doing the best, that in the end, they're going to be back to using their two eyes together as best they can. And that means not only doing careful use of patching, and sometimes that can be, if you have double vision, for example, we can still do some patching, but we don't have to patch fully over the whole eye. Mm -hmm. You know, I have patients where they just see patching, uh, or they, excuse me, they just see double when they're looking downward. And so we just put some type of a foil, like we talked about, just on the lower part of their glasses. Or maybe we just put it from the nose, maybe halfway or three quarters across the glasses, so at least peripherally they can still see well. And that makes a huge difference in their safety, in their balance, in their ability to walk around. And so that's something that, again, needs to be measured very carefully. And then in some patients, once they're seeing well, for example, with amblyopia, or as the double vision reduces after an accident or injury, they can often go through a full treatment plan called optometric vision therapy, where we make sure that we're training the eyes and brain to work together again in the way that it had before, or in the case of amblyopia, in the way that it should have developed. Yeah, so great. We see with our brain. Our eyes are part of that, but we definitely see with our brain and need that to integrate uh, with everything, all our motor movements and thinking. And, you know, in, in summary, in closing, if anybody's listening to this uh, and you're patching, there's other methods, and we've given you some resources as to where to look uh, so you don't necessarily have to do that. If you're seeing double vision due to a, a traumatic brain injury of some sort, there are also other methods besides patching. It's, uh, Dr. Kathy talked about sectoral occlusion or binasal occlusion, uh, and, and all that just can't be you know, put on at random. There's a, there's a process and there's a beginning point, there's an ending point, uh, and it needs to be under the direction of a professional. But our main hope is that if somebody's struggling with patching, that there's, to know there's something else. Uh, that's not only more effective, but I guess relatively more enjoyable. Yeah, I just wanted to thank you for noticing the blog and then being able to find a way to get this information out more and more because I think education is important and I think all of us do better when we need medical care, when we have some knowledge going in. And I do think it's important for parents to know that there's an alternative here to having a child wear a patch that is difficult to get them to do and really interferes with their daily activities. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. And I, I truly appreciate your time, Dr. Kathy. You have been around. This isn't your first lap around the track, as I say. So you've seen some things, and just for us to be able to glean some insight from your experience and the way you articulate things has been very helpful. And uh, we're just appreciative of your time, and, and we know that our listeners will enjoy uh, what we had to say and what you had to say. So once again, thank you very much.
Well, thank you and have a good afternoon. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Dynamic Duo podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn, or by visiting our website, dynamicvisiontherapy.com, and clicking on the Dynamic Duo podcast link. Thanks for listening.